The two little boys with grubby faces and scuffed knees reached the rusted iron gate by way of a barely distinguishable track that branched off the main road and cut through the forest in a sleepy curve. On the other side of the gate, forgotten behind trees, were the charred remains of Castle Deverell, once home to one of the grandest Anglo-Irish families in the land before it was consumed in a fire three years before. The dry stone wall that encircled the property had collapsed in places due to neglect, the voracious appetite of the forest and harsh winter winds. Moss spread undeterred. Weeds seeded themselves indiscriminately. Grass grew like tufts of hair along the top of the wall and ivy spread its leafy fingers over the stones, swallowing entire sections completely so that little of it remained to be seen. The boys were unfazed by the large sign that warned trespassers of prosecution or the dark driveway ahead that was littered with mouldy leaves, twigs and mud, swept onto it season after desolate season. The padlock clanked ineffectively against its chain as the boys pushed the gates apart and slipped through. On the other side, the forest was silent and soggy, for the summer was ended and autumn had blown in with icy gales and cold rain. Once, the drive had been lined on either side with red rhododendron bushes, but now they were partly obscured by dense nettles, ferns and overgrown laurel. The boys ran past them, oblivious of what the shrubs represented, unaware that that very drive had once witnessed carriages bearing the finest in the county to the magnificent castle overlooking the sea. Now the drive was little more than a dirt track, and the castle lay in ruins. Only ravens and pigeons ventured there, and intrepid little boys intent on adventure, confident that no one would discover them in this forgotten place. The children hurried excitedly through the wild grasses to play among the remnants of the once stately rooms. The sweeping staircase had long gone, and the centre chimneys had fallen through the roof and formed a mountain of bricks below for the boys to scale. In the west wing, the surviving part of the roof remained as sturdy beams that straddled two of the enduring walls, like the exposed ribcage of a giant animal left to decay in the open air. The boys were too distracted to feel the sorrow that hung over the place or to hear the plaintive echo of the past. They were too young to have an awareness of nostalgia and the melancholic sense of mortality it induces. The ghosts who dwelt there, mourning the loss of their home and their brief lives, were as wind blowing in off the water. The boys heard the moaning of the empty windows and the whistling about the remaining chimney stacks and felt only a frisson of exhilaration, for the eeriness served to enhance their pleasure, not diminish it. The ghosts might as well have been alone for the attention the boys paid them. Over the front door, one of the boys was able to make out some Latin letters, tarnished by soot, half concealed in the blackened lintel. Castellum Deverelli Est suum regnum sixteen sixty two, he read out. What does that mean? asked the smaller boy. 
Everyone round here knows what that means. A devil's castle is his kingdom. The smaller child laughed. Not much of a kingdom now, he said. They went from room to room in the fading light, like a pair of urchins, excavating hopefully where the ground was soft. Their gentle chatter mingled with the croaking of ravens and the cooing of pigeons, and the ghosts were appeased as they remembered their own boyhoods and the games they had played in the sumptuous gardens of the castle. For once, the castle had been magnificent. At the turn of the century, there had been a walled garden, abundant with every sort of fruit and vegetable to feed the Deverell family and their servants. There had been a rose garden, an arboretum and a maze where the Deverell children had routinely lost themselves and each other among the yew hedges. There had been elaborate glass houses where tomatoes had grown among orchids and figs and yellow cowslips had reflected the summer sun in the wild flower garden where the ladies of the house had enjoyed picnics and afternoons full of laughter and gossip.